everyone! Welcome to the second episode of Directors in Animation podcast. This is a podcast all about the ups and downs of directing animation films and series. I'm Avgusta Zuriliti, and today I'll be speaking to a brilliant and very experienced director, Kari Yusunen. Kari and I worked together at Rovio. We were part of the director's team on the Angry Birds Toon series. And later on, Carrie was the series director on the Angry Birds Stella series, where I worked as an episode director. Just a quick note before we start, this interview was recorded remotely and some of the audio is a bit distorted, so I just wanted to flag that. Hi, Carrie. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. Good to be here. <laughs> Thank you for being here. I'm really excited to talk to you. Uh, could you tell us a bit more about your directing path? Well, yeah, I was studying uh, live-action filmmaking first, but then for some reason I got to see these wonderful stop-motion films from Brothers Way, and, and it really started to feel like I want to try out something similar. I was very kind of inspired by the weird worlds the guys were able to create, and I also realized that I would have a kind of complete control over the world mm. that you see in front of the camera, and so I did a little bit of animation, and I just realized that, oh, yeah, this is exactly what I want to do in the future also. But the tricky thing, of course, was that because I was studying live action, there, were, there was nobody else to kind of work with. But I managed to do a little film, and it, uh, I got it into the festivals, and then I realized, okay, now I really have to push, you know, to kind of uh, to make it, to be able to make my own, own short film. It took five years, but uh, eventually I, I got there, and, and it's been only animation for me ever since, and I'm, I'm very happy with the choice I made. So after you did the short films, how did you make the, the two feature films that you directed? Yeah, the funny thing was that it, was, it wasn't kind of a... It was not... It was definitely not a kind of a decision I made or something to try out the feature. Because I was uh, I was not working with films for for a year. I built a house, and after that, I realized that I have to get back to business. You know that I have to start working with films again. But at that point, I had done two short films, and I thought that it doesn't make that much sense. You know, if you think about the, your career in a way that to do a third one it would be just repeating the same thing. Mm -hmm. But I didn't get any further with my ideas, and all of a sudden, I got a phone call from a computer animation company, Anima Bitae from Helsinki. And they wanted me to visit the studio and I went there and I thought that it would be cool if I got a job as a kind of a trainee or something. Because I had tried out things with computer animation myself at that point, but in a very small scale, only for myself. And, and kind of doing a, kind of pre-visualizing things I would do with the stop motion later. But then I got a script, script to read and I read it and I thought it was kind of funny story and kind of, there was something very ori original about the combination of, of uh, kind of a cute world and then the kind of uh, serious content. And then Gretari Sapasanen, who was the producer there, said that, do you want to be a director for this film? So, of course, that's kind of a, that was a complete surprise. And uh, I had to think about that for two days because I thought it would be way too much for me. You know, I had no experience from feature films from computer animation. I didn't know any guys in the studio. I would be just kind of uh, coming from outside and starting to behave like a director. Mm -hmm. 
And then I thought, this, I will never get this kind of chance again. So I kind of agreed. I said yes. And after that, I realized what it, what it really meant you know, to work <laughs> with, the, with the animated feature in, in, in the, in the, inside the studio and then together with other, other studios in other countries. So it was kind of a dive into the deep end. But a great experience, of course. I made a lot of friends and maybe some enemies too, but I don't know about them. <laughs> <laughs> they stay quiet. Yeah. <laughs> and after you directed the, the second of the Nico films, how did you start at Rovio? Well, there was just a... Yeah, I made two films with this uh, reindeer character in, in Bloodland, and, and uh, after that I met uh, somebody I had been working with before, Nick Dorra. Mm-hmm. And, and he was saying that they are looking for directors in, at Rovio and, and that they are doing uh, some hand-drawn animation there. And that's something I've never done before, or I had never done before at that point. And I thought that it would be kind of a something nice to try. You know, how do you work with the people who actually draw? But when you are kind of, a, I guess there are some limitations, but there, there's also this kind of a complete freedom. Mm-hmm. if it ever exists in animation, but, you know, it might be there. So I, I went to the Robbie studio and, and, and got, kind of got the job. I think it was a very straightforward process. And, and also kind of a... Well, I, I kind of started working from day one. Mm. There was a handover for five episodes of Toons. You know, they are these little films, I think two and a half minutes or three and a half minutes, I can't, but very short. And, uh, and they, they were in, in the production already. So I got the, uh, five episodes with the different phases of production going on. So I did everything at the same time from day one. And I thought it was great. You know, I, I had a lot of fun in the beginning. Well, my next question is actually about the Angry Birds Stella, the series that you directed. And uh, I worked on it uh, as an episode director and um, we had Ami also and Meru. And I felt like we had, as an episode director, we had quite a lot of creative freedom. And I hope that your vision for the series stayed the same while, while you're able to give us that, that sort of freedom of expression. So I wanted to ask you, how did you work with us and how did you keep your vision while working with a team of directors? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Maybe the thing is that the, what I liked about this Andrew Birch Toon series that we did there first, you know, that was the, the first series coming out from the studio, was that all the episode directors were very free to do whatever they wanted. You know, Of course, everything was kind of uh, okayed by the CEO of the company and, and producers, but it seemed that there was a lot of leeway you know, offered for the directors. And even when you think about the storylines and the writers, you know, they were able to pitch whatever they wanted, and then we just kind of uh, would see whether it fit in. And I thought that it was kind of uh, the policy of the company, and I thought that we would be doing the same kind of thing with Stella. Mm-hmm. And I, I also knew from experience that if you don't have that kind of freedom, it can easily be frustrating only for for, for directors and, and also for the artists, basically for everyone. Because, of course, everyone wants to put in their own kind of a personal things, you know, their kind of their own ambitions into their work. So there's no point in limiting people. And I think, to me, it's the most important factor, I think, when you think about animated content, is the story, the storyline. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, so after that, you know, after we could agree about that, and after, for instance, when we started working with the new episode, when we talked about the episode and the story with with the episode director, there might be some coming some ideas coming from the episode director, and that's completely fine, of course. And then you see where you end up in a meeting, you know, in mm. a story meeting. And then, of course, you have to take one step back and see if it fits in. But I think also with this, with the Stella, we were quite free. I think maybe towards the very end, you know, when we knew that the whole series would stop and then we would have to kind of come up with the final solution for things. Mm-hmm. Then it was a bit more story-oriented. But I think that maybe the first season was quite, you know, free. And uh, personally, I don't see myself as a, someone who has a strong vision about things. What I want to do is to be curious about things, to be curious about other people and, and see where we kind of end up being. I think the same goes with every meeting and with the, with the whole season or of series, you know, that you have to be, stay open to new ideas because there's a group of people working together for a good reason. They all have the same knowledge about the, the, the content and there's a lot of ideas kind of emerging from that, that, mm-hmm. that kind of a soup that we, we, the team creates together. And basically, I, I think I think my experience is that the less you have to control things and limit things as a director or a showrunner or whatever, the better is the end result. And quite often, you know, when you let people, you know, kind of change things if they feel like it, you end up kind of adapting those changes to your own thinking also. And then the whole thing is quite different than you thought it would be. But it's very likely it's also a lot better and a a lot more appealing for the audience. Mm -hmm. You know, as a one person, you have a very, very narrow point of view and and there's no point in forcing things. Of course, there there are different, you know, sometimes it might be that it's only about your own vision and and your own story and all that. But I, I think... When you work with the series where there's a lot of minutes, a lot of characters, and, and uh, in a way you have to have some variation with things, and you have to have uh, fresh ideas. There's no point in limiting the others who are eager to do, to kind of achieve good results also. It's not like they are trying to sabotage things, your own vision or anything. You just work with other guys who are, you know, equally or usually more talented than you are yourself. So. Yeah, that's... that's yeah. Yeah. No, I was just thinking that's so important to remember, I think, as a director, that you want to work with people who specialize in their their own job and they're in in many ways better than you as a director because they've been honing their skills. Whereas yes. you yeah, as a director exactly. would have, you know, the bigger picture. Uh, yeah. and, and talking about kind of working with um, with big teams um, on on Stella, we worked together for for several years, and uh, I don't remember seeing you ever stressed or angry. How were you <laughs> able to stay calm? And if you were ever in a difficult situation, how did you handle that? That sounds like something that is. If I say something now. Might not be completely true. Like it's very <laughs> difficult to analyze yourself, you know. Yeah. I, I think there were some points where there was kind of a, a lot of stress with Stella, but it had nothing to do with the things happening inside the team. 
Mm. I think there was just that the, it was very hard times for the company in general, you know, and also for the brand we were supporting with our animated series. And, and things were very unclear. Mm-hmm. And whenever there were meetings, you know, like about the whole brand and what to do with it, after the meetings, you just felt like, no, what's the point, you know? Mm. What are we trying to do? Is there any kind of a future for the whole thing? But uh, on the other hand, we were creating animation at the same time. And in a way, you get a lot of comfort, you know, when you just look at things you are doing, you know, the kind of, uh, in a way, the presence of the animation, you know, the characters interacting and all that. It's a whole universe there. And you can kind of, uh, I think you can just escape into this dream world whenever you feel like (laughs) kind of uh, stressed or something. That you would think about the end result and not the process, because I think that's what the audience also will see. And, and whatever doesn't affect the end, the end result, you know, the final films or the episodes or whatever you are doing, is kind of irrelevant. Also, the kind of a, because there's a lot of going on, of course, when you work in an animation studio. There's a lot of personal connections, kind of a, even conflicts and and. Uh, different kind of ideas about what to do, different agendas in the meeting, and, and uh, people trying to kind of uh, change things the way they want. And uh, But that's not all the important. And I think with the Stale Life, I think about the Stale Life series, I think we had a great team, and it makes it way easier. Mm-hmm. It's not like, it, it doesn't feel like, you know, I can't even leave the team for two days and, and without them kind of getting completely lost. I, I kind of... Uh, I had an idea that it should be so that I can, whenever necessary, you know, just leave the whole thing and it will continue as it is, you know, that nobody mm. should be kind of a, oh, everybody should be easy to replace, not replaceable, but easy to kind of replace with somebody else because in a way it's a team. And I, I think, you know, we kind of, it was fun times and I, I, I did take this whole thing kind of leading a team quite seriously. Actually, I read books about that. But then I just realized, okay, this is, it's a bit too advanced, you know, that maybe I just take it easy, you know, and and just see what happens. Just kind of listen to people and and, and try to support them the best way I can. But I don't think that it was all that kind of stressful when I think about creating the series, but there was a lot of stress with with the other stuff happening in the company. Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting what you said about the goal. You know, thinking about the end goal—that's the yeah. most important thing—and not not get stressed about the kind of the the everyday processes. Yeah. I think that's very important because it's most of the time it's the it's kind of the little things, but you know, little things grouped together that can really spark yes. a stressful situation. Yeah, and it's like a because this. As you know, you know, when you're working with the series or, or whatever, you know, with the team, you have to make, you know, endless amount of decisions per day. And then if you feel like that you are forced to do things a bit faster than you would want to, if you are forced to kind of accept things that are not quite there, you know, the kind of, uh, if you feel like you have to lower the quality for not kind of a good enough reasons, if there ever are, you know, <laughs> good enough, enough reasons for a director, then you get a bit upset, you know, and you get worn out, and you might even get a bit kind of uh, offended. But uh, I think that's life, and I, I wouldn't say that you have to limit your emotions, you know, try to kind of act like a director or something, or try to act like a, a good 
director. I think you just kind of uh, bring your personality into this game every day, and, and if you just stay true to yourself and true to the, you know, the project, I think you will find out whether you're kind of fit in to the team or to this job as an animation director at some point. And that can take time because I think when you yeah. first start to direct. Uh, we all have our ideas of what a director is or how a director has to behave. And uh, it takes, I think, quite a lot of gut to be able to say, well, I don't want to be that type of director. You know, yes, I don't see it that way. I, I have not only my vision for the, for the story or the series, but I also have my vision of how to run a team, how to approach clients or how to work with producers, etc., and that can take sometimes uh, uh, experience yes. uh, to and reach in a way, that. I think you should find your own way. You know, whatever you are doing, that it's not like you can. Of course, you can kind of appreciate things the others do and learn from them. But uh, but you are your own person, and, and you should think, do things that seem kind of natural to you. You know, that that you don't get exhausted just because you are you have to pretend so much in meetings or whatever. I know there are people who want to direct animation but who might be very shy, for instance, and that makes it tricky for them to pitch ideas in front of the others or even lead meetings or whatever. And I think that's also fine. You know, it's, you might be able to kind of let somebody else to kind of take care of this, you know, leading the talk in the meetings or something, and you just make the comments you feel are necessary. It's, it's completely fine. I think everybody will appreciate that whatever behavior, as long as, as it feels like it's true to the character. Yeah, that's very important because I think animation, in a way, uh, is an industry where uh, kind of the shyer people or uh, the introverts seem to yes. flourish because uh, animation takes time and you sometimes work with smaller teams or you work on your own and it kind of gives you that comfort zone. Um, yeah. And it's so important that even if you are an introvert and you're not this kind of personality that is a cheerleader and is able to do presentations, you're still able to, to lead a team because, yeah. you know, you, if you have the ideas and like you said, if, if you're true to the vision, then that's, that's the most important thing. Uh, it's funny you mentioned this cheerleading thing because that's something I, I think we talked about that at some point with Eric you know that there are these kind of directors who are like cheerleaders you know who want everybody to be happy all the time and think kind of a, everybody be in a good mood and then they think that they're, okay this will kind of a, this will lead to a good end result because everybody had fun while doing the production but actually it might not have anything to do with the end result that's something I learned from live action that you might have a kind of a nice shoot for a week or two or whatever and then you see that okay, the whole end result, the, the film just feels sloppy, you know, that, okay, did we have too much fun there or what? You know, that, that, that in a way, that they, what happens on a daily basis, you know, at, at the office, in a way, the whole kind of a climate of the office has nothing to do with the, with, the, with the films you are creating or the content you are creating. In that sense, also, I think for director, it's important to kind of maintain this kind of a kind of a bird-eye view or kind of an outsider view to some extent, you know, that you are able to just take a step back and see that, okay, maybe the, the team is suffering now, but it's for good reason. Otherwise, we don't get this thing done. And then the end result, the material we get looks good. 
So we just have to suffer here. And I can ease the pain of my colleagues, you know, just by talking about this, but being also honest. Mm-hmm. And I can't promise you any kind of easier days or easier weeks in, in the near future. But we, at least we are making good results. So we just have to kind of uh, suffer a bit together. Maybe the darkest side of the directing as well. Like you said, some days are going to be tough. And it's yeah. uh, it's keeping the team inspired and... Maybe not always happy, like you say, but creative, or at least they know that this is a tough time, but it's not for long, or this is the goal, or this is why we are sacrificing to, to do this. Um, yeah, it's kind of constantly balancing between fun and professionalism, or fun and deadlines, I guess. <laughs> That's the cool thing also, that when you visit the studio, you might see that people feel, it seems that people are just having fun, you know, that they are very relaxed. There's a lot of banter going on and, and, and people, you know, just laughing next to the coffee machine or something. And it might feel like this is kind of a very easygoing pace. And, uh, and you could just watch what's going on for an hour without realizing that actually guys are working their asses off, you know, that, mm-hmm. they, uh, that they put in, you know, 11 hours every day. They stay late to make comments or, or polishing things that are not good enough. And, and they only do it because they are so devoted in, in making, you know, best possible quality. And that's what keeps them happy in a way, I think. And I, I think that's, in a way, the best feeling you can have, you know, after a working day that you know that I did my best today and, and nobody can ask for more. Yes. And actually, maybe maybe the best thing is that when there's a problem and then you are able to solve it together with the team. I think that's maybe, I was actually, I was in, in an interview at some point and, and Somebody asked me, you know, what's the best thing? And, and then I just kind of realized that those are the, the best moments, you know, when they, it, it feels like we can't do something and all of a sudden we can. And it's, it's because somebody has kind of a, come up with a solution and it can be whoever, basically. It, it, it's like a, that's when it feels like we are way more than the kind of sum of our personalities, you know, that we turn into this weird, you know, living thing that has way more potential, you know, in this problem solving than I thought it would have. And, and then it feels like, you know, the, I just because that's the thing I really love, you know, being part of the team. It's when you when you know that the team is working really well, yeah. I think. It's, it's the it's tough... Like, it's like, you know, that they surprise you. Mm-hmm. That they are able to sort out things that you never thought could be kind of a solved problems. And also they... Yeah, sorry, please, Karen. No, I, I was just thinking that because I've done these films all by myself. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very different, of course. And, and uh, maybe that's why I like this, you know, this idea of a team working together so much. And that maybe that's why I'm kind of a... I think the most important thing a director or whoever as a supervisor can do is to make the artists, you know, feel safe and empowered, you know, that they get to have the amount of ownership of the material they want. And whenever they tell their own ideas, somebody is really paying attention, making comments, and maybe kind of just taking some things in that, okay, it looks good, we we do it like that from here on. And people are, because I think that's what makes people happy, that they feel like I'm part of the team, you know, I'm respected here. and, and, And and there's somebody who knows about my talents and skill set and, and, and gives me work that is suitable for me in a way, that is challenging enough but not too much and all that. 
but then of course it gets quite complex already yeah it's uh it's such a complex and psychological thing the team no matter whether your team is five people 100 300 it's a complex synthesis of personalities, of identities as well. You know, you constantly have to figure out, like, this person might need a bit more time or this person is a bit more encouragement. It's so important what you said about um, empowering your team so then they're able to bring these ideas. Because I think if a team is in an environment where they are scared to talk or scared to yeah. express themselves, you can see... The, the the project suffering first of all, but also the atmosphere of the studio kind of yeah. goes down. And the moment that happens, then everyone suffers, not just the project, yeah. people as well. And that's that's uh, that's a really important factor for a director to be able not just keep the vision going, but making sure that the team is working well together, that it's, uh, the, the ideas are heard, the opinions are heard, and it's all funneled towards the, you know, towards the, the project, towards the final goals. Um, yeah. And um, just changing the subject slightly, I spoke to you recently, and you mentioned that you uh, were in a selection committee at the Alta University. And it kind of made you think a bit more about how to continue honing the craft of directing while you, also, while you already have so much experience. One of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast was that I always feel that I want to learn more about directing, uh, about people, about storytelling. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that. And uh, if you can tell me why is it so important for you to keep learning? Yeah. Well, I think that's a... I don't know if it's all that... I guess it is important in a way, but I, I just think it's so much fun, you know. I'm just so curious about different things that it's almost like... Uh, it's almost like a bit difficult to control for me because uh, I have a lot of hobbies and I can't kind of uh, decide between them. That's kind of that's how it's been from from childhood. And and uh, when I found that about animation, that it, that it is such a great combination of so many skills. If you want to make an animated film, it felt very kind of rewarding for a while, but then, of course, when you do it and you realize that, no, I'm still lacking, you know, this and this skill, like drawing, for instance. You can draw for 40 years and still not be happy with your skills. And, and I'm actually, I'm, I'm not at all good in drawing. But I'm practicing nowadays every day. Uh, but then there are there's other things like, you know, writing, writing for drama. <clears throat> which I think is uh, it's very interesting. It takes a lot of time, and it, uh, there's a lot of things you can study. And uh, recently, I've been starting with the with the Python language for for, for programming. And, and this is only because, uh, well, there's a personal reason. Also, my my daughters are studying coding a bit, and I thought that it would be cool to kind of uh, try it out myself, following the same courses they do, but very soon I realized that actually if I would study Python instead of Java, I would be able to use it with Houdini and Maya a bit more. But it, it's very interesting, and it seems to be keeping me 
happy. So that's why I do it. I, I think there's no... My ambitions are, are kind of uh, all over the place, I guess, at the moment. But uh, that's how it's always been. And then, <clears throat> actually, now when I'm a freelancer, I do have this... Uh, sometimes I feel like it would be cool to have a proper day job because then I would know what to do. <laughs> it's like a, it's now it's a bit kind of a whenever there's free time I just kind of well basically I can I can I have all the instruments here I can play them whenever I feel like it which is not a good thing if you want to stay organized <laughs> and, and then I have the computers and then but I think it, it, that's how just how I am and I, I think I'm not forcing myself to kind of a Focus on one thing now when it's not absolutely necessary. I get. I, I hope there's some kind of a reasoning for this that I find out, out about you know a bit later. Mm -hmm. I'm a bit like a dog, you know. Yeah. They, they eat whatever they see, and then <laughs> then you realize that no, it's it's actually something they need for their kind of system yes. to work properly. So I guess that's I, I I'm I'm for almost every day I'm out of control for couple of hours. Maybe that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great, but it also sounds like you're, you're sort of gathering information. And I find sometimes you don't even know why that yeah. hobby or that interest is so important and it might take years and a, project's come, uh, a project will come along and you go, well, actually, I know all about it because I've read or, you know, I've, uh, I've done this hobby or I've done this sport. Uh, so it's weird. It's like it's, it's kind of it's, it's out in the air and you just have to just go with it sometimes yeah. and you just never know where it leads you. But it's, it's very important what you said about curiosity and, uh, and that having all these hobbies is it, not yeah. something you have to do uh, because, I don't know, you feel like it will benefit your career, but you have to do it because it keeps you happy. And uh, I think that's, uh, that's so important to remember, uh, because I find sometimes, for example, practicing drawing, uh, for a long time, I was like, I have to get better at drawing, uh, because I would, uh, you know, it will benefit me in my, um, in my work. And now I'm just trying to do it because I, I love drawing. And it doesn't have an end result. It doesn't have an end goal. I just, no, it, this is what I've always been doing. Yeah, I think, you know, what I would like to kind of improve in myself uh, would be that I would like to be stronger with the colors. Lately, I've, I've seen the great artists, you know, what they can do with only a couple of colors and then how much they put kind of, uh, how kind of deep thinking there is behind the whole process. And I would like to know more about that. But then again, I would like to know more about composing, you know, the kind of making music. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, basically, uh, I've been studying uh, rigging or characters lately because of the, there's a project where I'm supposed to be kind of uh, supervising that process a bit and uh, that kind of stuff. But whatever, you know, I think being curious is fun. And it's a... Uh, the good thing maybe is, or I don't know if it sounds like a good thing to you, but since I'm 52, I also very easily forget all about something. So there's a, it's like a, there's a lot of room in my hard drive. <laughs> That's brilliant. I'm sure you don't, but I like I like the sort of excuse behind it. 
<laughs> that's great. Um, I think that's a brilliant end to this. To say to whoever is directing or wants to direct is to stay curious. I think yeah. that's uh, that's a, such an important thing. It's always so nice to talk to you, but to kind of hear your your thoughts behind how you approach team and how you approach projects is is really refreshing. And I I hope it will be really inspiring for for the listeners. So just a big thank you again for joining this. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. It was fun. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much. Bye.